Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top of mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for joining BDO's podcast series, Getting to the Boardroom. I'm Nicole Ward-Parr, and in this series, I have the pleasure of hosting some of the most distinguished executives currently serving on public company boards to discuss their journeys and the paths that got them there. Today, I'd like to welcome C-Suite Executive and Public Company Board Member Jessica Dinacour. Jessica has 30 years of experience guiding technology and healthcare companies into the digital age. From 2006 to 2017, Jessica served as SVP, CIO, and Data Privacy Officer for Varian Medical Systems. Prior to that, Jessica was the VP of Applications and Infrastructure for Agilent Technologies and spent 18 years prior to that rising the ranks of Hewlett-Packard. Currently, Jessica is on the board of directors for MobileIron, a software security company that provides unified endpoint management. There, she serves on the Audit Committee and chairs the Cybersecurity Committee. She was also honored by the Silicon Valley Business Journal as a woman of influence in 2014. Jessica, wow, welcome. What an accomplished background. We are so grateful to have you join us today and to learn more about your path to the boardroom. Thanks for being here. Welcome. Well, thank you, Nicole, for having me today. I really appreciate it and I'm glad to share my story. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So so tell me a little bit about when you were considering joining your first board, did you have a strategy or a specific approaches that you used did you use your network or leverage that to any degree? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, actually, I'll, I'll give you kind of two perspectives. The, the first one, actually, my first board was a nonprofit board called the Children's Discovery Museum of San Jose. And the actu- actually, the executive director asked our HR lead if there was someone in the executive team that would be interested in being on the board. And I indicated I was because I had a passion for the mission of the Children's Discovery Museum, and I was interviewed and uh, became part of the board. And it was a great first board experience, not only because we were able to give back to the community, but also really to get to know the other board members that were executives across the Silicon Valley that became part of my network. And I was actually on that board for about seven years. But the kind of the story behind getting on a public board was Three and a half years ago, I was really thinking about what was my next step as a a chief information officer, the next step in my career. And I thought I'd like to join a public board. Um, There's sometimes, you know, you wonder where you want to go. Do you want to go to another company? And I said, I I think I want to be on a public board. And so how I started was I started by just contacting CEOs in my network, CFOs, and board members just to let them know that I was looking for an opportunity. And also finding out, you know, what did they really do? What was their perspective on serving on boards? And what was their perspective on working with a a public board? 
and I asked them if they could tap into their networks as well. So there was a lot of conversations that I had with people within my network. And I would say that was the thing that I leveraged um, to uh, get on my first board. Excellent. So what I heard you say was that being on a nonprofit board was a good experience and was actually a good stepping stone just from a, a, an awareness and sort of familiarity standpoint, uh, but then also leveraging your network and being vocal with your connections and people that you knew that that was something that was of interest to you. Is that is that correct? Yes, very much so. And And sometimes people say, you know, the nonprofit boards, you know, they really bring value to you when you want to get on a public board. And I really felt it helped me not only to work with, it, it was more about working with the people on the board. Um, they were from diverse backgrounds, different industries, uh, different types of positions. And I, I really think it helped me in understanding, you know, dynamics between people and um, in the boardroom. So I, I think it was very helpful. Uh, but definitely the network <laughs> help, helps you when you want to go onto that, um, onto a board. Sure. And it sounds like there was a preparation component as well by you having those sort of informational interviews. No doubt they were um, helpful at uh, kind of uh, creating awareness of where you may or it may not have fallen short from a skill set standpoint, right? And and That's was correct. was that the case? I mean, did you through those conversations or sort of that exploration, did you identify areas where you thought, wow, that's a skill I'm going to need and I may not have? Um, and if if so, how did you go about augmenting that? Well, you know, it's interesting. There was It gave me a perspective on what I could bring to the boardroom as well as what I needed to work on. And, and probably the one area I would say that I needed to really work on was the financial area. I needed to increase my skills in really understanding balance sheets, income statements, uh, metrics. And I'd always, you know, worked with the executive team, work with financials, but really having that in-depth understanding. And so I went and studied 10Ks. So any of the boards that I was interested in, you know, I read through their 10Ks, understood them, so that when I had the opportunity to talk with a, um, a board opportunity, I, I knew something about their numbers. I also went back and uh, went to some of my old textbooks and made sure that I understood financial metrics uh, really well. So that was probably the area that I felt I needed the most uh, brush up on. And then the other thing it helped me do is not I just identify, you know, the problem areas, not even the problem areas, but the areas I could improve on. It was really identifying areas that I could bring to the board. And, you know, one of those was just my 360-degree view of a business. Having worked in a, as a CIO, I worked with all functions um, successfully. You know, you had to work with all businesses. You had to work with finance, HR, and really understand their business to bring technology to bear on their on their function or business. So that 360-degree view was something I could really bring to the boardroom. And then I think the other thing I learned was that my experience internationally, uh, my ability to not only identify acquisitions, uh, but also to implement and make sure that a merger or an acquisition or a divestiture happened, uh, gave me a perspective on that, which was very much a topic in the, in the boardroom. Mm. And then lastly, just the ability to work with different people. Um, being in technology and uh, as a CIO, you had to work with everybody. 
as I mentioned before, and just really understanding how to get something done with people that were different than you. Um, I really learned that that was a skill set that I um, had. So it was really kind of those things that I learned about myself that I could bring to the boardroom, and then those things through the conversation I learned that I really needed to brush up on, which was the financials. That's great information. And, you know, I think it's true for all of us that we know what we know and we know what we don't know, but we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> and I think that that's where those, the mistakes and sort of missteps can come. And, and were there any of those for you? Did you, do you look back and go, Ooh, boy, that was something, uh, I really shouldn't have done. I wish I'd known better, but you had a great learning from it. Um, and are you talking about in the in a board in a board uh, setting? Sure. Oh, yeah. in a board setting. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, one one thing I'd say in the in in the board setting when I first started on the board, um, just I, I got over the feeling that I shouldn't ask any questions that I had, even if I thought they might be dumb or repetitive for other board members, because I was new on the board. Um, you know, I didn't know as much about the company as the rest of the board members. Many of them have been years and years on the board. And so just being um, open about asking any question that I had uh, and getting over that feeling that, hey, that might be a dumb question was something that um, I really needed to do. So not to just sit back and not ask that question, but ask it. And if if it was dumb, um, most of the time they didn't say it was dumb. They said, oh, yeah, that's, a, you know... They were very gracious um, in answering the questions I had. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yes, being willing to being willing to be to be vulnerable, right? To ask questions that, like you say, you don't know if they may be uh, if they may come across one way or the other. But that takes that takes some bravery. That's fantastic. And you mentioned um, innovation earlier, and what you felt um, it was important to you in terms of bringing value to the board. How would you say you have innovated or, or brought value to the boardroom? What are some of the things that you've done that you think have added value to the conversation? Well, there's probably three things I would say that I've added to the, to the boardroom at Mobile Iron where, where I'm on the board. One is the customer's voice. Um, their customer of their products is the CIO. And so one of the things that I bring to the board that they really didn't have was understanding what marketing works, what problems are really trying to be solved, and what delivery models uh, could work for the product itself. So that customer voice into the um, boardroom has uh, been new for, for the board I was on. I think the other thing that I, I have brought to the board, and I, I think this is not just the mobile iron board, but even in conversations I've had with other um, uh, people in my network that, that are on boards, was really the cybersecurity issue. Um, cybersecurity is, is a big topic. And one of the things that I did at Mobile Iron was actually um, start and chair the cybersecurity committee. We're a security company. Um, you know, that made sense. But, but also pulling out as a standalone committee and, you know, addressing um, the risks, the issues um, surrounding cybersecurity for the company. And so I think that's something that is innovative but and new uh, for boards to really put a focus in on that area. And then probably the, the last thing, which, you know, I'm not sure uh, is innovative to all boards, 
Um, but bringing um, interpersonal and cultural sensitivity to the board, um, you know, a lot of times people don't think about the um, culture of the company and have that as a board discussion, as well as just the interactions of the executive team and making sure those interactions are productive. I think that's something that I've brought um, to the board to have those conversations, succession planning, more of the HR perspective, which um, surprisingly to me, some of those topics had never come up in the boardroom before. So that's, that's another one that, at least for the board I'm on, um, I felt was innovative. Absolutely. Those are some great points. And I know you mentioned diversity there. And, and of course, that's such a topic right now as it relates to board discussion. Um, and I would love to know, you know, what you and or um, the boards that, you know, you're currently uh, sitting on are doing to facilitate the conversation around diversity. And, and what does diversity mean to you on a board? Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, what, what's interesting was when I was selected for this board, one of the, they were looking for a, a woman candidate. Um, that was a CIO. And so there isn't very many of those, but um, you know, one of the things that they actually outlined was looking for that. And when I joined the board, um, one of the things that I worked with the team on, I was the first woman on the board, so was actually to get more diversity on the board. And when I talk about diversity, I don't mean just a woman um, or uh, I'm, I'm talking about ethnic diversity and function diversity. So a lot of Times, including the board that I was on, you know, they had the uh, original investing companies um, as board members. They had CEOs as board members, but they really didn't even have diversity from a functional perspective. And what I really liked was I started seeing as we wrote um, and had other uh, people join the board, we talked about, you know, looking for diverse candidates, whether it was women, ethnicity, or function. And we asked the question, you know, what's the hole we have on the board? What's missing to really make that sure that the, the board is making and helping make the right decisions and moving the company forward and doing the right things for the shareholders? And so really outlining um, the board position based on what holes we need to fill. And we did get another woman on the board. This, this last um, person that joined was a woman. But also she came with a CTO-type background. And so really the technology piece. Um, so really kind of looking for people to fill the board, to fill really making sure that we have a diverse slate across the board. And so I'm proud that, you know, as a, as a board we're doing that. And I'm starting to see that um, as well uh, for other boards. That's great. It's, it's excellent that you've seen that much progress within your tenure, right? And I think it brings, uh, you know, to, to mind uh, the, the real conversation on how the boardroom is changing, you know, and, and what the 21st century boardroom looks like uh, that the 20th century didn't. <laughs> and I think you're, it sounds like you're witnessing that, that shift. Do you have any thoughts on that that you might share? You know, the one thing I'd say is I think, you know, people are more aware of diversity. And sometimes I think it is sometimes forced, you know, with some of the, lo the laws that are coming in effect in California, requiring that there be a woman on the board, um, you know, has, you know, pushed that and made at least have a conversation, even if it's a stilted conversation, you know, because a lot of times, you know, people, um, you know, want to, you know, get their network or people in their network on the board or people that are like them on the board. I think that still happens. Um, but I think 
what's changed is that there is an acknowledgement, whether it's because it's it's being forced from the diversity standpoint, you know, onto the board. I think there's an acknowledgement that um, it does make a difference, and and once they see diversity or feel the diversity on the board, they're starting to realize the impact um, it can have um, on the decision making and um, and the positive impact. Absolutely, and I think the expectations of board members in general have changed and evolved, right? Um, as it relates to so many things that come under the purview of being on on a public company board, right? Um, Great points. Any other thoughts that you have or advice for listeners that are either, you know, trying to find that right mentor to, to get on a board or other things uh, that they might be thinking about or advice you might leave uh, the listeners with? You know, one thing I would say is that, you know, you kind of have to look at um, what you bring to the table. And one of the things that I'll, I'll tell you just uh, my experience was really to prepare myself um, besides just the financial hole that I felt I had, um, I went back to school. And I always had wanted to get my master's degree, so I decided to get a master's degree in cybersecurity. And the reason, again, because I thought, well, cybersecurity is a hot topic. And it was a big issue on board's minds, and I thought it would be a great conversation starter. I mean, I had cybersecurity in my background already, but I thought, hey, if I'm going to school and I'm really, you know, focusing on this key area that boards are concerned about, um, it would be a great conversation starter, and it actually was. So that actually helped me. It was also just being able to articulate and market myself um, for a board position and know that I could do it. So, again, those were, uh, you know, a couple little stories about myself that I believed, you know, helped me um, on my journey to get on a board. Absolutely. So many gems there. Thank you so much, uh, Jessica. It's it's such valuable information, and your perspective is 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 terrific. Great, Nicole. Wonderful, Jessica. Thank you so much for your time, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com/bdo/boardroom, or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash bdo knows governance.